0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. We are going to be picking up uh, in our kind of interruption to our study in the book of Mark as we uh, come to our second week in the nativity. Um, our second week in Advent, and it's going to start with uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have, been found, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have not known a man? And and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, there will, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, I know that there have been many times where I have mentioned my AP English teacher. <laughs> um, there have been many times before where, where I've always told you her, her comment that was in red pen that would show up on people's papers, right? The comment of, so what? And this morning, we're going to take that, that red inked comment of, so what, to heart as we consider the, the Christmas hymn that we just sang. And just to bring us all on the same page, in case you haven't heard uh, my, my kind of discussion on this dreaded comment on papers, what would happen is, is I was, it was my senior year in high school, and I was in an AP English class, and when you would write your paper, there was very often times where you would get this red comment on your paper that was just a, a simple, clear two words, so What? And then sometimes if you are really causing problems, there would be a second follow-up that would say, be specific. And I I was thinking about Mrs. Asper this week while I was preparing for this morning. Being as specific as possible, how are you preparing room in your life for Christ to dwell in your heart? I mean that's that's literally what we were just sang, right? That that let every heart prepare them room. How are you in this season, in this time, specifically preparing room? And it's difficult when we start trying to get specific, <laughs> because we like to talk about love all year round, right? You know, everybody needs to needs love, and it's not just something that we're going to talk about this Sunday. And it's easy to start using words and language like, we're preparing. Preparing always kind of gives us an out, doesn't it? I can prepare for something for a really long time. I can prepare and prepare and prepare. But eventually, there needs to be an action. What are we actually doing about preparing room? Yeah, we're, we're here together in church this morning. This a, that's a great start. But how else are we preparing? How are we preparing for Christ? And, and how are we preparing to show love? To show the love of God? That, that is a, the entire point of, of what has come about, what we're celebrating this morning, this season. And so we talk a lot about loving God. And loving our neighbors. But what specific examples can we point to that demonstrate that we are the disciples of the one who is love? God is love. So what am I doing that demonstrates that I am a disciple of the God of love? And... Just like it's easy to, to be in this constant state of, oh, I'm just getting ready. I'm just getting ready for that time that, that I'm going to just blow this whole love thing out of the water. You watch out. This is going to be amazing as you just walk by opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to show the love of God. But I'm getting ready. <laughs> and when I am ready, this is going to be amazing stuff. sometimes we're really good at the theoretical sometimes we're really good at the idea of practicing our faith but maybe we're not so good at actually doing it okay time for hard question time somebody bar the doors um Jesus has called us to love our neighbors, right? Mark 12 is, is pretty clear on that. We don't, there, there's not a whole lot of a, a pass there. It says, you shall love your neighbors as yourself. So that that seems pretty self-explanatory. I don't think there's a whole lot of language. We don't need to go back to the original Greek to figure that one out. So I would say that it's safe to assume that most of us, when we, we hear that, we immediately turn the idea of loving our neighbors into something that's maybe a little bit more abstract we we take the specific commandment of loving our neighbors yeah we we need to love our neighbors and and we turn it into more of a metaphor we say well everybody's our neighbor like it's not just talking about the person that's right next to me it's not talking about the person that's right right in front of me it's talking about everybody i need to love everybody as my neighbor And while this might be true, the result of that is we embrace the the metaphor, the generality of love for others, and then we actually get really bad at the specific practice of it. We say, well, I don't have to to worry about the specifics because I'm just loving everybody in general. I'm just a generally nice person. So here's a challenge. I want you to think of the eight neighbors that live the closest to you, your literal neighbors, the people who live around you, the people that exist near you, and then write down everything that you know about them. You don't have to write it down. You can just think about it. Think about everything that you know about them, not the things that you can observe from your window looking into their front yard. But the things that come from relationships that you have with them. I've lived in Fortuna for a couple of years now, for a few years, but my, my personal results from, from this self reflection were depressing. I know the names of a few of my neighbors, some of their kids play with some of my kids. But beyond that, I really can't tell you a whole lot. I'm sure that we can all point to people in our lives who do... Follow this particular direction very well, right? There are those people who who know every person in their apartment complex or their 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 building or every person in their neighborhood. They there are the people who who bring meals to those people that know what's happening in their lives. Knows what's happening in their kids' lives. Knows what grades their kids got. That that know everything about them. That want to be a part of of those relationships. They're concerned about those people's welfare. They're demonstrating real love. We we know those people, but maybe there are some of us that are here this morning that when we we think about that exercise and we say, man, I've been called to love my neighbor, but my literal neighbors, I don't even know them. So today on this second Sunday of Advent... We're called to two different tasks. Let every heart prepare room. And let's prepare by showing love for God and for our neighbors. And that, that's the, the ask for this week, for this season, is that we, we know that we're supposed to prepare room in our hearts for Christ. We know that. And it's easy to say, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to get ready. (laughs) I'm going to prepare room in my heart for Jesus. But I want us to imagine that Mrs. Asp is sitting there with that red pen saying, be specific. So what? What are you actually doing? We're actually going to do to prepare for life for Jesus. To take up space or, or to take up more space in your heart. Today, we, we sing Joy to the World. And it would be easy to look at that song and say, you know, it makes more sense to, to talk about and sing Joy to the World when we talk about our topic next week, which is going to be joy. <laughs> Matt, you, you, you skipped ahead. And maybe... But there are two phrases in Joy to the World that point to our theme for today. And before we go too far, I think it's important for us to, to recognize something. And that is Psalm 98. I'm going to read that to us real quick. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known to his salvation, his salvation, his righteousness, He is revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness he shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. That sounds a lot like joy to the world. And it should, because it influenced the, the writing of it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Joy to the World was written, as I said, in the 1700s. And the very first line of the the song brings us to our theme this morning. Joy to the world, for the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. we have this hymn that is being sung that, that at the same time ref- echoes the, the message that came from John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist, as we just talked about a couple of weeks ago, is out in the wilderness saying, prepare room, get ready, because someone is coming. How are we preparing for Jesus Jesus, the Christ child, Jesus, our Savior that we follow as disciples. How are we preparing? Jesus, who promises to come again. Then, if we come to the fourth verse of this song. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. And sometimes when we're singing this particular song and this particular phrase, the way that the hymn gets broken up because of the way that we have to take a breath, we kind of miss the meaning because we're, we're trying to breathe. Jesus rules the world with truth and grace. Jesus makes the nations, that is, all the people, prove his righteousness. That is, his just and right relationships with us and the wonders of his love. In other words, we are the proof of Jesus' righteousness. the proof of the wonderfulness of how love in this world is. We're the reflection of that. We are a demonstration, a proof of the love of Christ in this world. And if my English teacher was saying to Jesus, be specific, how are you showing your truth and grace in this world How are you showing your righteousness? How are you demonstrating love incarnate? Jesus would respond by pointing to us, saying, They're the proof. And if that doesn't make you pause for a minute and consider the responsibility that exists on us as followers of Christ, it should. Today, in our our reading before we started in Luke, we hear of this young woman named Mary finding out from God's messenger, Gabriel, that she's going to give birth to a child named Jesus. She literally prepared room, like inside her, (laughs) And Gabriel tells Mary that that nothing is impossible with God. And Mary believes it and acts accordingly. She says, okay, if this is what is going to, to come about, then I will prepare. And Mary goes from here and she spends time with her cousin Elizabeth preparing. She goes to a friend, a mentor, a family member who can help her in the pregnancy that she has. Mary prepares her heart, she ponders, she reflects, she embraces God's plan to come to earth and turn everything upside down. Everything that an expectant mother does has the potential to influence the unborn child. The way that a mother prepares for a child's birth can have big influence and impact on the health of that child, the well-being of that child at birth. The preparing makes a difference. We're preparing. I mean, if you just look at the different places where people go gift shopping in this season. You see everybody preparing, right? You see the Christmas aisle section at Target is it looks like a a hurricane went through because everyone is preparing. You can prepare hurriedly, you can prepare calmly, thoroughly, or half-heartedly, grudgingly, or joyfully. But they're still preparing this taking place. Jesus is coming. And so the question remains, how are we preparing our hearts for Jesus? We say that that we love all people and that's great, that's that's the greatest commandment, loving one another. But again, I challenge us, how are we doing that? What are we doing? How specifically are we doing it? Give an honest assessment, how are we loving one another? The more actively that we practice loving God and loving one another in tangible ways. The more that we, we begin to leave the, the idea of everything being focused on me, all of those, those selfish thoughts, those selfish feelings that naturally occur within us become more and more remote. The more we make room, the more other things have to not be there anymore. That's, they're, they're, let's just think about cleaning a garage for a minute. Everybody's favorite chore. If you have boxes that are in a garage and you need to make room, most of the time, you don't get to just make room by moving those boxes to a different part of the garage. Unless you just haven't put anything away, <laughs> right? Most of the time, the way you have to make room in a garage is by getting the things out of those boxes that you don't need anymore. That Let's be honest, most of us probably haven't even seen for a whole year. And they need to, they need to go away. And so as we, we talk about making room, there's probably things that need to go away. And I can't tell you what those things are. That's, that's not up to me to determine what those things are. Because, but things need to go away. And this, this is also in alignment with what happens when you clean a garage because as soon as you clean your garage, what is going to happen? More stuff is going to come in. <laughs> but in this case, that's what we want. Because when we make room, what happens? Jesus comes. Jesus fills the spaces that, that, where we make room. And so, specifically, again, coming to this point, what will you do this season to prepare room for Christ? And, I mean, we're already into the second season of Advent, so we're running out of time, folks. (laughs) In two short weeks, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. But, obviously, it's not too late. What will you do? What will I do? Here's my start. This season, I want to be faithful and diligent in my devotional life. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I don't sometimes neglect nurturing my spiritual life, but I'm committed this season to daily spiritual reflection, daily time in the Word. This Advent, I'm committing to knocking on the door of my literal neighbors, introducing myself, and bringing them some Christmas cookies that my kids and I are going to make. Maybe my kid and my wife. <laughs> it's not a lot. But it's an opportunity for me to say, hey, I'm, I'm here. And I may not have started a relationship with you for the past two or three years that, that I've lived on this street, but I'm here now. This Advent, I want to be mindful of my schedule and trying to make room for God instead of cramming everything else that can come up. I want to make room for my family instead of focusing on all of the other things that can, can take their place. And we may look at those things and say, well, that's not very much. We start small. And when we start small, those things then become larger things. And I'm fully anticipating that as I start small with with maybe just some cookies that I hand to my neighbor, that in starting to establish those relationships and and recognizing those people's names and starting to understand who they are as a family, they will then recognize who I am. And they will start to see that there's something different about me. There's something different about my family. And that difference doesn't have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with Jesus. And what will start to happen, and I know this happens because it's happened in my work life over and over and over again, that when those people have a need, when there is something that is hurting, when there is something that is broken, they'll know there's something different about that guy. And how embarrassing that I have chosen to keep that to myself. As opposed to making that available to the the people that literally live next to me, my literal neighbors that I've been called to love as myself. So I, I share those specific things with you not to get a pat on the back because honestly those things don't warrant a pat on the back. That's supposed to just be like normal living. Come on Matt, get yourself together. But I share those things with you to say, I'm, I'm there with you. These, these are areas that we need to, to come together and recognize that, that there is room for improvement, that we need to make room, prepare room so that we can demonstrate the wonders of his love to a world that desperately, desperately needs to see it. I want to be specific I want to be intentional. I want to have evidence that I can show after this season that says I can look back and say, there, I prepared room and God showed up. Because we are the proof, we are the wonder of God's love in the world, and now we're supposed to go out and demonstrate it. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we ask that you would... would bring to mind those areas where we need to be specific. Those areas where where we need to prepare room, where we need to make room, the things that need to be pulled out, God, we, we ask that you would bring them to mind so that we pull them out and that we make that room. Those places where we need to demonstrate your love, God, we want to do that. God, we come this morning and we do celebrate the joy of what you have done. The joy that comes from being receiving a gift that could never be earned, a gift that could never be purchased, a gift beyond anything that we could have ever asked, dreamed, or imagined. The joy that comes from an eternity with you. The joy that comes from knowing your love. Joy to the world. As we come to this, uh, the end of our time together, Lord, I ask that you would cause us to, to pause. Cause us to ponder how we, how each one of us Will prepare room and demonstrate your love in this coming season. And God, with that that red pen in the background, uh, tell, reminding us to be specific, asking the question: So what? What what is going to come from this? What what is it that that needs to be accomplished? God, cause us to be just that. Cause us to be specific. In your name, we pray.